What's going on, Irregulars? Welcome back on another Thursday morning with your boy Bobby. And Sarah's here. Here, there she is. <laughs> so, sounding so soft and innocent when we all know she is not. I mean, I have that side, the little sensual. I'm going to rub your hair back. I don't have any massage. hair. Not you. Oh, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Whatever. I'm just kidding. That's so awkward. It is. It it's is. disgusting. What uh, What's going on with you, dude? So on Monday, you came over, and one of the things that you said was, don't get any more animals. Correct. Which was not like, I didn't say I'm going to get more animals. You literally looked at my house, and you're like, just don't get any more. And I was like, all right. Yeah, it's just do better, you know? Anyways, so then after you said that, I decided to go against what you said, and I got another kitten. I saw that. Um and as soon as I saw, I think it was on yes. Instagram. Yeah, I think it was on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. You posted it, and I just, I just closed my entire phone and just went about my day after seeing that. It, it ruined it for me. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, the only reason I got her, her name's Lil Bean. Um, the only reason I got her was because you told me not to. So I had to go against what you said. You should have named her after me then, or something cool like that. No, it's disgusting. Fair enough. Yeah, but she's cute. We're chilling. So now I have six animals, including my boyfriend. Oh, jeez. Um, Throw your fucking boy under the <laughs> bus like that. It's fucked up. I mean, am I wrong? You plead the fifth? I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. That's from Dave Chappelle. Anyways. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what's going on. With me. So we are. We did break up once this week. Oh, uh, um, and okay. I took all of his stuff and I put it out on the lawn. And oh. I locked the door. Good, good. But then I helped him bring it back in. Oh, you helped him bring it <laughs> and back in? And then I washed the stuff because it was like covered in Shit. grass and stuff. Yeah. And then I took his weed and I opened the bag and I poured it on top of it. I was like really on a roll. Yeah, I can tell. So, I mean, I'm trying not to be toxic anymore. I had a little slip up. Yeah. Did you not listen to episode seven? What did I, what did I talk about? Um, toxic relationships. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll blame my parents. You blame your parents for I'm your toxic relationships? Love you, mom and dad. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, how are you? Rough week. Um, had a had a couple uh, situations essentially happen. Um, one we'll discuss a little bit later in the show today. Uh, another one had a good friend of mine pass away uh, two days ago. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, my buddy Sean. Um, it's been a been a long ride, and it's unfortunate, but you know, uh, life moves on, and we're gonna do what we can to remember him and pretty much that's it not to start the episode off dark or anything but it's, it's been real a life it's been a fucking dark week for uh for your boy bobby but it's all good and we're here now um to actually segue in you know one of the best things that has happened this week and one of the things that has helped me the most is i have two people here two great friends who showed up from florida yes another set of friends from florida um one is actually helping us with some behind the scenes shooting right now his name's joey do you want to go by joey or joe joseph joseph okay we're gonna go with joseph um joseph is not on the mic uh today but he will be on or this morning he will be on the mic later tonight um when we record another episode but today our main feature is mike o'malley Mike, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Yeah? This is one of the best mornings of my life, to be honest. Is that right? It is. Like the um, the family experience. Yeah. I had breakfast made by 
Lady Ashton. Lady Ashton. Lady Ashton. Yeah. Bobby's mother. You like ranted previously on the show about her cooking, and I fully dismissed it. I was like, everyone says that about moms. I was unfamiliar, and I was proven wrong. This is the premium family experience. Yeah. So what? How was your trip up? Uh, fast. Fair. And airborne. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. We did the plane. We, you did the plane stuff. Uh huh. Fair enough. Where it was you, fun. You flew out of Fort Lauderdale, right in the Philly. I wasn't flying. I was just sitting. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'm not entirely sure the route. I think we did some turning over the water and stuff. Okay. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of turning when the pilot decides to. <laughs> you don't like flying, though. I remember you were telling me I'm that. Not, I'm not a fan of flying, which is, it's like one of those like logical fallacies to me because I like studied engineering. I'm familiar with why planes are in the air, but I'm upset that planes are in the air. <laughs> Like it's not appropriate whatsoever. I don't. I don't. We're like lift, that. like lift. Right, so like, I get what a wing is doing, math wise. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you look at a plane, it, it looks like it's not doing anything. It's just up there for no reason. Yeah. It looks like someone animated it, like someone photoshopped all planes in my mind into yeah. the sky. This is true. And I just don't want to rely on Photoshop. I'm like, that's <laughs> gonna fall. Like no. no one's holding it. There's no strings. Like this is true. This is true. Um. So. For those of you who don't know, um, which is everyone, because who the fuck are is anyone in this basement? Um, Mike O'Malley is more than likely the most interesting person I've ever met in my entire life, as he gives me a really weird look from across the room right now. Um, so there's only a few topics. There's only two topics that I want to touch on, but I'm sure you will go off on a tangent. And then I'm sure Sarah will tell you to shut the fuck up at some point. Go ahead, Sarah. Go. Oh, 100%. 100%. I definitely do need to be reined in. That's fine. And I, I appreciate that one. When yeah. I find, like, that's honestly how I find good friends is people that are comfortable with me enough to be like, hey, man, I know you, but you need to you need to slow down with that. Because mm-hmm. I don't take no well. Like, I don't take being told what to do well at all. Like, I'll just tell you your energy is a little bit much for me. And that's, like, super respectful. And, like, I, <laughs> I tr- like my goal is to be polite and respectful to people. I'm just terrible at it. Yeah. So when people are like, hey, Mike, we know that you're a wild animal, but if you could just come come sit down real quick, it's going to be nice over here. Mm-hmm. Then That's I'm like, these are my friends. These people care about me enough to like explain to me that I don't belong in society. <laughs> you belong, Mike. Trust me. You do belong. Um, speaking of belonging, I need to know your story from baby Michael to Michael sitting in my parents' basement recording a podcast. Not every detail, but... Okay, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh... It's like taking in a deep breath. We have a long tail. Yeah. I, and I know it's going to be a long tail to begin with just because you've been through some shit. I mean, we got a glimpse of it last night while you stayed up... While we all stayed up till 2.30 in the morning drinking fucking whiskey with my dad until we blacked out and then you slept on the floor. Um, but I would like to dive into that if you're willing to. Yeah, first, I'm going to defend myself on the floor thing. I didn't black out on the floor in your parents' house. I comfortably laid down in company because I just didn't want to be alone. <laughs> this is true. So Mike has an entire room to sleep here. And at, we set him up a room at my parents' house. And I go, Mike, you can sleep in the bed tonight. And he goes and looks at me and he goes, 
I don't want to wake up alone. I said, fair enough. I'll see you in the morning. And that was it. That's basically the whole childhood story in a nutshell. There was like, <laughs> I was just like, will someone like stay here? And everyone was like, no, <laughs> we're leaving. So where does it start? Where does it start? Yes. So when mommies and daddies like each other. Oh, no. Before that. Or after that. Sorry. After that. So um, I actually don't know many of the specifics of my birth. Okay. Um, what do you know? Not, uh, unfortunately, like, honestly, not much. So I was adopted by Americans when I was seven and a half. And I've been here. Not here. Um, I was in St. Petersburg, Florida at that time, like, when I was adopted. That's, like, my first name change. I've had three or four names at this point in my Wait, life. Wait, adopted from where? I'm from Limerick, Ireland. Oh, okay. Now yeah. things are making sense. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my birth grandparents knew my adopted grandparents. Okay. So there was, like, a knowing family situation in my adopted mother had a son who died of cancer okay so that's essentially my brother but i didn't know him because i was very young um so she was going through that and they adopted us and you and your brother right yes how old your brother he's two years older than me and he's full blood he's like there's one human on this planet that's full blood me and it's sean o'malley oh fair enough not the not MMA, the UFC MMA fighter. fighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we make a joke that that's like our skinny little cousin but <laughs> we actually have no idea who we're related to so yeah he may be i don't know there might be a he does MMA and he talks trash. I'm like, I think we're related. <laughs> like, yeah, this is true. So, um, so you got adopted by a family in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. How old were you? Seven and a half. When you were adopted? Yeah. So is O'Malley your born name? This is the tricky part. I was born Michael James O'Malley. I was adopted to Michael Jeffrey Mead because my adopted dad's name was Jeffrey Mead, and then. I changed my name as an adult, like, because as the story goes, my adopted parents were, like, on a religious kick. They were, like, making good in their life and going through stuff. Like, they had a – actually, wasn't Jeffrey Mead's son that passed away. This is way personal. <laughs> um, so they were, like, changing their lives for the better at the time. And not long after my brother and I arriving, things didn't continually stay on the upside. Like, we've all met people who were trying to get on a good path and just didn't quite make it. Mm -hmm. And – that's essentially the story of my uh, mom. Like, that's my mom. Like, I'm that's I don't call her anything, but that's my mom. Like, Your first adopted mom. Yeah, she's okay. a legend. She's the reason that I am alive. The reason that I'm anything. The reason that I aspired at all at any point in my life was that woman. Mm. And she was constantly doing the best she could, but she had drug problems that were similar to like some of the Sarah experience stuff like is just stuff that like super hits home like that episode was like a lot for me I was like yeah no I get there's people that don't get to be the person that they are because of drugs and that's like mm -hmm. a massive impact on my life that's the re I didn't drink till I was like 24 because of what was going on in my family and everything but she was a legend but she um ended up getting in a car wreck and then getting addicted to prescribed uh pain pills and stuff Mm -hmm. Which is like a Huge really thing. a really yeah. common story in South Florida. A, like, I have a friend who same thing. Um, it's like you get hurt, injury, they yeah. give you the most dangerously addictive things, and they're like, "Here, this will make you feel better." And you like, why wouldn't you take it? A doctor in a like white coat was like, "You're supposed to have these, and when you have them, they make everything better." While your spine's like sideways or whatever. Yeah. And then next thing you know, like you are a different person. So we lost her. Like due to that, she like had a slow phase out with lots of. Ups and downs, but underneath that was, like, an incredible woman who taught me so many important things and made sure, like, her only goal in life was all the kids that she had in the house. Like, because there's, like, us, and she took in other kids. She had other kids. Like, my mom was that hood mama that just, if you had a bad family, 
climb in the window and stay here. Like you're yeah. safe. Sleep on the floor. It's good. Mm. Like you're you're with friends, you know. Safe house. Yeah. Yeah. So she just raised us all that way, and that's generally what got all of us going in good places. But her only goal was for people to get after what they wanted in life and to not be denied by the world. Mm. And then when all her kids were up and going, she just was done and parted. And what do you mean by that? She died. She, oh, okay. Yeah, she just I, had she I, had I, no I, motivation to do anything. And that was super hard for me knowing – like she was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Knowing that she had no goals, ambitions, or desires on this planet. There was nothing here for her. Outside of her children. All she had was, I want to see these kids do whatever they want. And as we all like got up and got going in life, she was like, they're good. They're set. And it was very much she was completed. Mm. And like you see this in like Star Wars, like characters that like Obi-Wan's just like, oh, everything's cool. I'm just going to I'm gonna fade out now against yeah. Darth Vader. But actually dealing with that is a little different because you want more from people who didn't want those things too. Like. Sorry, I'm going to chime in here just because Absolutely. I have an opinion on this. Um, I feel like children should be a part of your life and an important factor of their life, but you have to put yourself first and have a life outside of your kids. I don't know. I, I don't disagree. You no. know what I mean? I always say, like, you are the most important person in your life, which is which is true, you know, and, and every time I say that to someone who does have a kid, they're like, well, my kid is the most important, which I get what you're saying there, but, like, if you're not helping yourself, if like if you're in a rut and you're not helping yourself, then you're not helping your kid. So yeah, you are the most. It starts with you. You know what I mean? I, I mean I don't know. Do you disagree, Mike? No, I I 100% agree. And that's that was like one of the hardest parts about it was you can say that and feel that, but like the hardest thing for all of us communicating as like a species is you can't tell someone what they want ever like people are going to pursue what they want mm-hmm. and you can like hope to change what people want and try and persuade them to like what you want and to like good things and like you're like hey this is good for you go to the gym or eat mm-hmm. healthy but they're gonna do what drives them and you can like show people things and educate them and help them make their own decisions but you can't tell someone what to want and that's one of the hardest things for me with like losing my mom was like i wish i could like time travel back and tell her something of value that would give her a reason to stay but um I don't think there is anything that I could have said that would have changed her mind. I think her her life kind of drove her to a point where she was like, all I can do is give better to them than I had. And she gave us all the love. So, like, I joke about, like, not being loved. Like, I wasn't raised structured, but I was absolutely loved so much by a woman who believed in us and, like, gave us so much safety, love, protection. Like, whether we were all eating tortillas and mustard for a month. Like, she provided yeah. as much as she could. Like, yeah doing everything uh what about your dad your adopted dad i have no idea who we're referencing <laughs> like <laughs> uh now he was around a very short time um he had a drug problem that which is his drug problem was why i didn't drink because i thought he was an alcoholic but he was actually uh, a crack head is the term for that he, crack. <laughs> he was doing crack okay and um so i saw like the bad sides of a crackhead at a very young age, like seven to like 11. I, it really started when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. So that's when like everything was pretty dark. I was in St. Pete and like a lot of the like scariest, weirdest experiences that I tell stories about my childhood are like in St. Pete when both my parents at the time were doing a lot of crack and like out. What's St. Pete? St. Peter's. It's just the right? other side of Florida. It's, it's the Gulf side of Florida. It's just below Tampa. St. Pete's not bad. It's actually no. a pretty town, like very pretty. It's, like to it's very visit. like like 
almost old. Like it's like an old area. Yeah, it kind of feels like a St. Augustine. It's just like old stuff is everywhere. But the south side of it is one hundred percent like um, what's that show with the Gallagher's? Oh, fucking Shameless. Shameless. Yeah. Okay. So that show's like really funny to me because there's like hilarious things that I remember from I my love childhood. That show. But there's also like normal things they're laughing about that I just like cry during. And my wife would be like, "Why are you crying on Tuesday during dinner while we're watching a funny show?" And I'm like. Yeah, that that happened to me. So there's like things. And there's we have another we have another mutual friend who I've talked who I've brought that show up to. I'm like, yeah, dude, shameless. Oh my gosh, so funny. And she's just like, can't watch it. And I'm like, why? She's like, because that was my life. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this conversation's over. I feel terrible now because I'm sitting here fucking laughing at everything, and it's like, which it is a comical show. The whole point of it is to be comical. But for people who have lived that, that's that's totally different. And not not acceptable to them and it's it's hard i mean it's like people who have been sexually assaulted or anything like that watching some documentary or whatever and they're like i i just can't get through this and totally understandable so after your mother had passed you were how old oh that was like that's like a few years ago it was actually like two weeks before tom uh passed away from the architect from (laughs) from the architect yeah so right back to architects in that other episode but um okay so yeah no i was a grown-up by then um she was an awesome mom um until no i'm just gonna go with she was an awesome mom okay not gonna when did you part ways they moved away when i was 17 okay we didn't like part ways uh i didn't mean by like that yeah Yeah, but like a hurricane destroyed our home and we were all homeless when i was 17 or 16 ish I was in high school and I was homeless and my family lived with a lady from our church who was like, Hey, like I just got divorced and she like had money and a home and stuff and like took them in. But she thought it would be weird with like her religious standpoint to have like a mostly grown man. Cause I was very adult when I was 16, like all mm-hmm. beardy and Burly. athletic and like <laughs> looking like a man. And she was like, I don't want like a grown man, not related to me living with me, like due to my religion. So and then I was just homeless. So my family, like what religion? Oh, they were they were Mormon. My adopted family was Mormon, so I was raised like strictly Mormon. Yeah, that was I would, that was confusing. What? So what was that like? So were you act, you were raised Mormon, but did you practice Mormon religion when you were younger? I was adamantly Mormon. All my friends were Mormon. I was trying to believe it. Like I was really subscribed to it. My brother more so. Like he felt that way. He went on a mission. He prays and loves it and found the benefits of it, but. It never felt true to me, if that makes sense. Like, I wanted it so bad. I still do. Like, I really hope there's a heaven and a God that, like, but I'm also fundamentally upset with the idea of a God. Like, I don't think anyone <laughs> planned this world. It's not good enough. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Opinion. We're going to get into something later. Okay. We can get into that. But <laughs> Wait, how old were you when you lost your virginity? I was 18. Yeah. I did all the, like, adult things quite late. I had... Uh, yeah, I first had sex when I was I was 18 or like late 17. It was senior year of high school though. Mm-hmm. That's when I lost mine too. Yeah. Uh late junior year though. It was like right after my 17th birthday. If I'm not Okay. Mistaken. Yeah. I think. No, that's good Ooh, though. God. That's, I think that that's I don't good remember. for people in general. Like to do that as late as possible. Like yeah. there's a lot of societal pressures to do that early and that's something that kids have to deal with a lot now because of like Instagram and stuff like to be overly sexualized, like, younger. Yeah. And that's really hard. But I think you should tell your kids as best as they can to, like, delay that as much as possible because I'm still finding out today, like, some of the things that went on in my young sex life were just not healthy, you know? Yeah. Like, the reasons that you were motivated to do things weren't for you. 
Mm-hmm. I think if you're ready to do those things, like, you know, that's up to you. But I don't think kids are in any way ready to make those decisions for themselves. You always feel like you're ready to make your own decisions. And then you look back and you're like, I was a child. Like, that was not appropriate. Like yeah. I cried on my 18th birthday because I was like, dude, I wasted my whole childhood trying to be an adult. And now here I am. You know? I cried on my 18th birthday. But yeah. mine was because I wanted to hit someone really bad. And I knew I'd go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so Hurricane hit, you parted ways um, with your mom. Where did you end up? Uh, under the PGA Bridge. <laughs> so PGA Boulevard and uh Yeah, there's a bridge. It's a nice bridge. It's a good, spacious bridge, so I wasn't like... So how did, you, how did you get from the West Coast to the East Coast then? We moved to the West Coast to get away from the drug influences of my family. They were like, hey, we're going to go over here. We're going to get... Uh, my adopted dad into AA and stuff and he was doing that and then like I was sent to AA they like send kids to AA so they can understand their parents like disease mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the quotation marks there we can go. talk about the addiction conundrum yeah and the research behind that but I don't believe it's a disease I think it's it's a choice like I think mm-hmm. everything is literally your choice in your life but it has different motivations and different you have different capabilities to make those decisions I think some people are less able to make the decision that they want to make. And some people just want to be addicted. And that's yeah my perspective on that. But so, yeah, we came over here to like escape addiction, but that's not how you can't move away from addiction. So, yeah. Wait, where just, did you move to? From here to, or sorry, here. I'm saying here like I'm home. Uh, West Palm. Oh. So, so Palm Beach Gardens. St. Petersburg on the West Coast. Just to hopped the over East Florida. Coast, West Palm, which is where I met Mike mm-hmm. okay. and where he resides now. Yeah, that was like I staked my claim in that. So when they were moving um, after the homelessness, I actually was able to stay at that lady's house at some point. Like she was like, hey, you've been awesome. She was going through a divorce. The guy started being terrible. I showed up and got myself some assault charges for defending the household. Good man. You know, as you should. Yeah. That was all chopped anyway. But um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I ended up staying there for a little bit and then they moved away. They moved to St. Pete because my adopted mom wanted, or my mom wanted to take care of her parents. Mm-hmm. So she moved to St. Pete, lived with them, and they you just, and you stayed. And I yeah, at that point, I had like built up enough of life here that I was like, this is my home. I love this Under place. Under a bridge, though. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you gotta you gotta pay the troll toll. Like you gotta defend <laughs> you gotta your pay bridge. The troll toll. No, by then, um, I'm trying to remember where I lived after that bridge. I, it was like bridge and stuff, and then like staying with friends. Like I had friends. Like I'm, I try and be a positive person that keep people around me. Like I need mm-hmm. people to interact with. Like anyone else. So I had friends I would stay with like a little bit. But you don't want to like put people out and just be like, I'm the homeless guy who's staying here forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually was like super blessed. I had a friend from my church. His dad was actually played in the NFL. I think we looked him up last night. We did. We were, yeah, we, like, yes, looked we him did. Up. <laughs> so uh, his dad is an absolute legend. He was like the biggest father figure to me. He heard what was going on in my life like from members of the church and was like, I, he went and found me immediately, picked me up, bought found, me. Found like, you under the bridge. I don't remember where he found me. He, like, called my mom and was like, where's my – I think he found me at work or something. Like, I had a job. Like, mm-hmm. I was trying to, like, be a productive member of society. I wasn't just sitting around, like, with a sign, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of why I don't like homeless people because <laughs> I'm like, go get a job. I've literally been homeless. Like, there's so many ways to go get money that asking for it is not the solution, and that's not a sustainable solution unless you're handicapped in some mm-hmm. way. Like, if yeah, if you have a mental illness and you've been dropped off by the foster system, I understand that. A sign is maybe all you know how to do. Mm-hmm. Well, in but, San Francisco, they did a study, and homeless people make 
roughly 75 grand a year. Oh my God. Yeah. Homeless people make a lot of money. Yeah. That's hundred so, percent. Yeah. I mean, why they just blow it on the wrong things or, I, yeah. or I don't know what they do with it. They probably also probably get fucking robbed a lot too. You would imagine they probably make that money and get fucking robbed by other homeless people all well, the time. Well, cops in San Francisco will rob them too. So. Oh, really? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little pat down and take the cash. I mean, um, no, we, me and my friends like played with it. Like I, I did beg for money, but it wasn't because I needed it. It was like, I need 20 right now kind of thing. Like I don't have time to go to work and wait for a paycheck. So yeah. and we always like wrote joke signs. We would just stand on the corner that said like Vietnam vet. And I was like 17. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So people were like, that's really funny, man. I was like, it's not because I'm actually homeless, but <laughs> like, thanks I, for the money. But yeah, you, I actually need this. <laughs> you'd get 30 bucks in half an hour and just be like, okay. And then you'd go back to work for minimum wage and you're like, why am I working? I should just beg. Yeah. But it's so, there's so no got, sustainability to that and yeah. it's not good for your mental health either like you're not making your situation better by being an inactive participant in it if you're asking for things to get better it's never going to get better i just i very much believe if you're not actively doing something with it like to make it happen it's not going to happen life is not fortunate i feel like sarah has an opinion to weigh in on that do you agree with him about the signs no <laughs> <laughs> So she obviously wasn't just paying attention. No, like the active member of society thing. Well, like him, like not not so much of society, but of your own fate. I think if you're not an active part of that, like it's not going to go well. I think I, if you leave it up to the fates, it's not going to go well. I feel like if I'm an inactive member of society, I'll just feel shit about my shitty about myself and then continue to decline. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you, okay, so you 100%. agree. Yeah. <laughs> when people 100%. say stuff about like manifesting, I'm like. You mean doing, like going and trying and, and caring about things. I'm all about manifestation and law of attraction, so I'll disagree with you there. No, no, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm saying no. that I don't think it's magic, though. I think it's you legitimately caring and getting after stuff, and you're going to associate yourself with the things that start going good because you're working on the good things. Yeah, so it'll, like, draw good things to you. Well, if you f- focus on positivity and you choose yeah, positivity, you're gonna then, see yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and your, your actions are going to reflect – reflect that um okay so you get picked up by ex-nfl player big father Absolute legend yeah bought me clothes like put me on a much more manageable manageable pedestal to like he was like hey you know got you some nice outfits let's get some job interviews like i have a job i just didn't have a house like houses are <laughs> expensive i don't have like credit and stuff and then i stayed there for a while it was awesome that was the first like proper family experience like aside from your house here like <laughs> a, a dad making me breakfast and driving me to work and being like what do you got going on today? And I was like, why is someone talking to me? <laughs> I like, that was one of the hardest things about being homeless and about having an unstructured family is like, we spoke to each other when we needed things or had to get things done or needed like permissions or whatever. Like, Hey, I need you to go get food for the kids kind of thing. But we didn't like talk to each other about stuff. Like everyone was so sad. You just dealt with your terrible life. And then you all went home and shut up and went to your own corners of like the slum. Yeah. So it was like people were like, "How do you feel?" And I was like, "Awful, but with food now, <laughs> like, <laughs> and the house." <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I like actually like started talking about how I felt about things, and it was really good overall to see what the goals were because a lot of people that come from like a shameless lifestyle, like they show in that show very well, they see families and they don't get it. People with normal lives don't yeah, know. It's almost, well, it's like every single time, um, like one of them like gets into a relationship with like a quote unquote normal person, they they sabotage it. They sabotage Absolutely. it because they're just like, I don't. What the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Have you seen the show, Sarah? No. 
Oh my I've god! I've seen one episode. You should. You need to get on it. It is so good. It is such it's, a great show. It's terribly accurate. It's painfully accurate. Yeah. Is and I think it's done now, right? I I honestly quit watching it. Like so, it got to a point where I was like. This show was a lot of fun early on, but I started like it would be on. I was like trying to follow these storylines like season six or seven. And I was like, every time that's on, it just brings me to a sad place. And I was like, I'm I've worked well beyond that in my life, and I don't need to reflect on that mm-hmm. for gain. And I was like, Ashley, can we just not? Yeah, Ashley. Have it on. Ashley is his wife oh, for yeah, everyone. Yeah. The shout wife. out, shout the out, the ex girlfriend, as I explained it last night. <laughs> yes, this is true. She's no longer my girlfriend because we're married. And if I call her my ex girlfriend, she gets upset. She's actually my wife. <laughs> but like, I don't have a girlfriend, so I think she's my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so that he kind of that father figure of yours kind of jump started you. And then what happened after that? Is it is it kind of just like a fast track to where we're at now? So, or is there another like one or two big life events that happened that really put the Mike O'Malley that we're looking at right now in front of me right, you know, in this moment? This guy is the result of like two things. So that um, awesome mom that I had. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving in with her for a little bit with that uh, lady that she lived with. Yep. And stayed at that house. Everything was cool for a bit. I was literally just on the floor with my duffel bag. Like there wasn't a bed for me. But that was quite normal at the time. I'm Like sleeping on your floor was super comfy. Yeah. <laughs> that was you not said- like weird for me. That was yeah. just nice. <laughs> I still just like laying down on streets. I know that sounds weird. But <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> as Joe drops his drink. No, it's it's nice. Like streets are warm and there's stars out and like Florida weather's really nice for being homeless in. <laughs> so it wasn't like super rough. But they're warm. I feel like concrete's freezing. In Florida it's not. It's all yeah, hot. But it's like uh, super nice. Because it's all Sarah, day. The coldest heated. it gets in Florida is like sixty degrees. That's true. But then the street stays warm from the sun. It's like from the sun all it's just day. A dark yeah. solid, so it's gonna stay heated. Mm-hmm. So if you lay down on a sidewalk on a cold night, it's so toasty. I don't know. Or on a street, not a sidewalk. Where I'm from, if you lay down on a sidewalk, you might lay in, like, human shit or something, so. This is also true. Yeah. (laughs) The Bay Area homeless people are. Yeah. That's that's a different breed. (laughs) That's a totally different breed. But basically, yeah, I moved in with my my mom for a bit, and then she ended up getting an apartment, um, which also, no, no, sorry, I'm mixing up hurricanes and stuff. So she got a place and then left because her parents weren't doing well health-wise. And, like, the last gift she, like, had for me, like, she didn't have money or anything. She was like, hey, I'm going to re-sign this lease in my name and not expect my security deposit back. Like, pay the rent as long as you can. You have a home. So I was like, awesome. Thank you so much. So I, like, had some buddies. This was in high school. I had some buddies move in. And I was like, as much money as you guys can contribute would be awesome, but it's essentially my rent. It's my problem. Let's try and make it happen. So I had a home, and that went on. And I had a job. I was a lifeguard for the county. Like, I was doing things. I was working out. I was trying to get into school, like, figure out how college worked, even though, like, I w- at that point, I was out of high school. So, yeah, I lived there for a while. High school ended. Everyone moved away. I had a couple local friends stay with me. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried to figure out college. That didn't work for a few years, but I had a place. And then when that ended, I, like, moved in with a friend. But I'd made enough money at this point. I saved all my money. I didn't drink. Yeah. And I didn't Which buy- is huge, man. Oh, my God. The money you save by not drinking is incredible. Like, yeah. Especially the way you drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that then. I didn't know how to drink correctly and everything. But, yeah, so I just saved up all my money. I didn't buy things because I didn't – I, like, had this concept that you would just lose stuff because everything had, like, been taken or lost in my life. So I didn't put money into value. I just kept all my money. And then when we couldn't re-sign a lease because I was like 17, 18, whatever it was, no credit score because you don't have those things when you're young. And you can't sign a lease until you're 18. 
Yeah, so yeah. I ended up moving in with a friend for like a few months, and then I was literally at a party, and the guys throwing the party got in a fight, and the one dude was like, get the fuck out of my house, like, and they were roommates, and he's like, you're never living here again, and the guy was like, are you serious? Like, it was over FIFA. <laughs> this was a yeah. fight over FIFA, and they like got in an actual physical fight, and he's like, all right, fine, I'm moving out, and I was like, can I move in like with you? Because I need a place to go. I'm living with a friend, and he's like, yeah, me and this guy are moving in, and we knew each other's names, and that's about it. And then this random dude on the couch at the party was like, I, can I come too? And we were just like, yeah, sure. And he was actually from Pittsburgh. He was oh, the right. first like PA person I ever met. Hell yeah. He got me really into hockey. I mean, hockey. fuck Pittsburgh, but yeah. <laughs> he got me really into hockey and watching the Penguins. I know you guys don't like them. but No, I don't. Sarah doesn't give a fuck. Actually, aren't you a Sharks fan? Yeah. Oh, okay, so there you go. That's like L.A. or something? San Jose. San Jose. Which is L.A.? No. <laughs> no. This is Calif- more- okay, like all of California, it's just either L.A. or San Diego, and that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, or San Francisco. Oh, that's not San- a place. That's not a place. <laughs> yeah, we're like six hours away from there. From L.A.? San Francisco. In what? On a horse? <laughs> I hate when people use time for distance. It upsets me. <laughs> How fast are you going, though? <laughs> like, it's kind of really good point. Right? That, <laughs> why is it a standard to just say a distance in time? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's not how this works. I get super upset with So like, you'd rather me say miles? Yeah, or kilometers. Steps. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But if you think about it, like, why should I just know what you're traveling in? this is like one of the parts of not like being raised within society is i've had this outside look at society my whole life like i didn't belong in it and i was like why do they do that about so many things and like joe's had to hear like two days of me like on an airplane (laughs) you'd be like why 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 what's going on here oh my gosh wait so did you like Live under a rock or something? No, I lived under a bridge. We just did this. <laughs> yeah, we just established yeah, that he lived I'd under a bridge. I stole coins out of the mall to buy hot dogs from Starvin' Marvin, and I hung out with homeless guys and learned about their lives, which are not interesting. <laughs> which are not. Oh, my like last rant on homeless people. There may be good people that have had had, had misfortune mm-hmm. um, that like I would love to be supportive of, and if yeah, I can help them, I will. But like 99% of homeless people uh, have chosen it. And they have abandoned every single option. Every person who's tried to help them, every person who tried to take them in, all their family members who've like been like, hey, come sleep on my couch, come work at this place. They have fucked over everyone they have ever met to the point that they are alone. Like my story is super rare. And I'm also like super, super sorry for anyone with like mental health, like health issues, like um, anyone who doesn't have the ability to work because they're not fully mentally capable of doing things like that. Like they have the hardest thing, like foster kids with autism who get dropped off at 18 because they're no longer in the foster system and their foster parents don't get money for them. Like that's terrible. But there's also a ton of homeless people that are just terrible people who fucked over everyone and they still want your money and they want to bang on your window. And I'm like, bro, I've been homeless. If I get out of this car, you are in so much trouble. Yeah. (laughs) So when the homeless guy's like, I need money. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, you do. But not from here. Yeah. So, this kind of actually leads into the next topic where I actually want to start off with Sarah and her beliefs on this next statement, which I know a little bit about your opinions on, uh, Mike, but I really do want to dissect them as much as I possibly can. Sarah, do you believe everything happens for a reason? Mm, Like everything, like every moment of my life, or just like big things. Uh, I don't think you. I don't think it would be fair to p- 
picking you can't cherry pick what does and doesn't happen so do you think do you think everything happens do you think everything that happens is for a reason like there's a reason okay. behind so uh, i feel like th- like i don't think a man in the sky is determining like okay this is gonna happen to you earlier you know planning things out for you but i feel like okay so if i like okay let's just say i'm driving too fast and i get pulled over Maybe that happens so that I don't get in a car accident, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, or it could have led to me getting in a car accident if I didn't, if that didn't happen. So I feel like that happened for a reason, but I don't think it was planned out. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like it's a hard topic. Once yeah. you try to dissect it, it's a very hard topic. And I actually did this at the bar with Mike the last time I saw him. Um, we were at, uh, at TPC visiting Scott, actually shout out Scott the um, boys, <laughs> and yeah, the boys. So then, um, and we started talking about this and it was before you even moved out yet for the podcast. And I literally looked at him and I go, you need to be on my podcast and here we are. But I feel like also, you know, let's just go off of that being pulled over. Um, uh, maybe then I realized, okay, this ticket's going to cost this much. I haven't been saving up for a rainy day. So in the future, I'll end up saving up for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in those aspects, yes, it does happen kind of for a reason, but I don't think someone's out there like planning on it yeah. happening. I, and I, and it's funny because like I said, I, Mike is fucking staring <laughs> at me from across. He's grinning. He is ready to go before, <laughs> before I, uh, before I let Mike just pop the fuck off right now um i i thought everything happened for a reason until i spoke to mike o'malley and mike o'malley kind of shed some light and i i I don't know so like i'm like leaving it up to like everybody else to make that decision for me which sounds super unhealthy and like not right and totally immature but like i used to think so because like for example you know uh Earlier this week, um, not the friend who passed away, but a different friend of mine, 31 years old, woke up, perfectly healthy human being, woke up, had a stroke, fell over, had a stroke. Um, His wife normally goes to the gym like really early in the morning. She does like, I I think one of those like crazy workout things that are at like fucking four o'clock in the morning or whatever. But she goes and wakes up and decides, you know what? I just don't really feel like going today. Like, I just don't want to go. And she's like, all right, whatever. And sure enough, like, her husband had a stroke. And if she wasn't there, like, what the fuck? He's doing great now, which is awesome. And But, like, what if she wasn't there? Like, what would have happened? So, like, now I'll tie that into Mike. How do you explain that? How do you explain that everything happens for a reason? There's a reason why she didn't go to the gym that morning. And she wound up saving her husband's life. So like, how do you explain that that didn't happen for a reason? Like she didn't make, she didn't do that for a reason. First of all, <laughs> I want to say Sarah's perspective, whilst adorable, <laughs> is disgusting, self-centered, and naive. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go. Let's keep going with that. To answer your question directly, that's a fortunate coincidence. And humans, for a long time, over the course of evolution. And my observations of how humans work are like prone to recognizing patterns and making significance out of patterns and coincidences. It was an evolutionary trait that saved us from things like tigers because they look slightly different than grass. 
No, that uh, this sounds like a joke, but like it He's was our wrong. job as cavemen to go. That pattern's different. We need to get away from that. And that's like what conspiracy theorists are great at. They're like, I saw the number 33, 33 times this week. That plane's gonna hit that tree or whatever. And like that is an important important feature in evolution as a species because we all had conspiracy theorists in our tribe, but often they got us away from tigers. So we survived because they were like, I saw another pattern. Everyone turned left. Get away from that. Get away from that bush. And it sounded crazy to walk listening to these seers and stuff back then, but they were people looking at patterns. Like, oh, the raven flies north. There's going to be good omens. Like, we followed patterns and prophets and guesses, but fortunately, that led us away from predators for a long time. So as a species, we're super into finding patterns and thinking that that's going to protect us. It gives you a sense of calmness and positivity and happiness. makes you feel in control because you recognize something out there. But it's an absolute farce. There is so much data that you're taking in whatever you felt is important and making significance out of it. Like the thing you and Scott were talking about, songs hitting at just the right time, is absolute nonsense. And I I love you guys so much. And there's been moments (laughs) in my life that I created significance for. But I like to make sure that I'm aware that I created that significance. That same song could have played in anyone else's car, in anyone else's shuffle. There's an AI machine behind your shuffle that's shoving songs into you that you love anyway that's predicting what's going to have an impact on you so you stay on their app, you know? And mm-hmm. you're creating that significance. There's There was probably 150 songs on your 2,000-song shuffle that would have ripped you in half and gotten tattooed on you right then because you were having a powerful moment and making importance out of every single detail. Maybe a, a butterfly landed on you and you were like, this means so much, and you get a butterfly tattoo. I have, I actually have four butterfly tattoos. Oh my god! And I guessed this. I don't know what your tattoos are. I have yeah. three. <laughs> I, I have and four. I hate butterflies. I have four. Here's I have one right there, there one go. right there, and then one right. And that's what there. I'm saying. Like one that kind of just pattern recognition and coincidence is like there's so many things going on that you pick out the things that are important to you and you make them significant, and that is so important. That's what gives our lives value. Like we create this value, but I don't think. It's safe or fair to think that that's predicted or created by anything but you. And most of that comes from, like, my childhood sucked. Like, like we just found out for the last 30, or yeah, we're like now I've at, like, 45 minutes. Try and stay on, like, the fun side of it and, like, talk about the good people and the good things. But there's, like, a lot of terrible shit. Like, the first time I had a gun in my mouth was, like, third grade. Let's talk about that for a yeah, quick like, second. So my parents were on crack, and I was like getting change out of like the couch and stuff. And I walked down to a Taco Bell to get food in like Southside St. Pete, and they won't let you walk through a drive-through. And I'm like starving. I won't eat around the house because I want like my little brother and sister to eat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I like tried to get a burrito, and they're like, "No, you can't stay on this line." So I like walked up to the next car, and they're like ordering. So I go up to the car behind. I remember it was like a white, low-riding like Chevelle kind of styled thing, and I was like. Hey man, I've got like a dollar and a burrito's like sixty cents. And if you could like buy me a burrito and like dude doesn't listen to anything, he looks at me, shoves a gun in my face and goes, Do you want to fucking die? And I'm in retrospect, I'm a third grader. Like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Like Yeah, Jesus. I was Christ. like, I think I said no, but I don't know that I talked. I remember like I had like change in one hand and my other hand was like in my pocket holding my pocket knife because I thought I could protect myself in the streets of like St. Pete with a pocket knife. With a gun in your face. Yeah. And I just – I don't remember like I think time just melted. I remember I was in a bush after that, which is like my <laughs> safe place. I remember I like the shake, shook whatever kids do. Like I went and sat in a bush and held my knife out and I was like, 
protect yourself. And I don't know. You're like, you're in shock, dude. Like, you don't have a gun in your face. Like, you shouldn't when you're a kid. Like, I felt, I don't know. That's too much. But, like, there's been lots of that in my life that made me feel like shit and made me feel unimportant and gave me no self-confidence and no ability to achieve. And I feel like the idea that everything happens for a good reason has to be weighed both ways. People like to say that when a good thing well, happens. Hold on. Let me let me hold you there for a second. Yeah. I didn't say everything happens for a good reason. Everything happens for a reason. The reason can be negative. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is people who say things happen for a reason generally have stories about good things in their lives. But you've got to add up all the terrible things that happen and think, what is the reason? Yeah. What is the reason that there are like whole humans who their entire life is like birth into slavery, raped their entire life and worked and then murdered like by like 12. And that's not a rare story outside of the U.S. There are hundreds of thousands of kids who are born into slavery and sex trafficking. And that's their entire life and their whole experience. And they don't have uh, the reason. nice cop who let you off or the guy who picked you up and bought you shirts for an interview. Like I've had some incredibly good stuff happen in my life. And it happened because good fucking people went and did great things to me that were so good. And I refuse to believe that there's any equation out there that's balancing out the good that's happened to some people and the bad that's happened to some people because the bad is so fucking atrocious and so immeasurably terrible that I'm not going to pretend that there's some divine being or anyone who's like, that's okay. I put that in my plan. It's all right that hundreds of thousands of African children will work in lithium-ion mines until they die of poisoning of rare metals. Like, that's unacceptable to me. If there's a God, I'm going to talk to that guy. I'm going to say, you're fucking garbage, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I do think religion has great positives, and the people who want to take the positive notes out of it and bring that into their life that have done great things for me, like, there's been a lot of good impacts in Listen my life from religion. Six. Yeah, I'm yeah. with it. But also, like, that's my my upset with the idea of anything being planned is there's so much terrible stuff that we're just lucky to not be around. How do you fight that, though? Like, how do you fight – like, I – I want to I want to believe you so bad and I feel like that goes back to like what you were saying the many millions of years of us uh, drawing importances of from coincidence and everything else but like what do you like I want to believe that so bad but when it's happened so many times like how many coincidences can you have that it turns out to be a good thing that that you can't like you you're forced to believe it you know what I mean like like you're I said not. It, but you feel or sorry you feel forced to believe it you know what i mean so what do you do to fight that i remind myself that i'm dumb <laughs> no <laughs> I like do that it, that, all the time, it's the all lizard the brain dude it's like if you know that your species like predetermines making significance of things you're gonna make significance of everything and that's good it's a good thing it's a good thing for our culture it makes moments important like we bring so much significance to the music we listen to and the times we've had together that's really important for our human experience individually. But I also think it's important to step back and go, that doesn't mean that everyone gets that same significance. Like, you, you ever play a song for someone and they don't care? Oh, yeah. I do that all the time to the man that's sitting to my left right now, Joe, <laughs> because he listens to the same music we do. And I'm like, yo, dude, you should really check out this song. It's really fucking good. And then he messages back, eh. <laughs> And then I want to reach through the fucking phone and strangle him because I'm like, dude, this song is really fucking good and you're missing out on it. But for some reason, it doesn't hit him. It took him, uh, fuck, how long, Joe, to become 
the fucking Ultimate Architects fan? Uh, probably several s- listens. Several listens and probably like seven months. I'm like, dude, you will like this band. Like, I'm telling you. Nah, 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 they're okay, they're okay. And then literally one day I get a text message. Here you go. I love this fucking thing. This fucking best thing. I'm like, Jesus, I've been telling you this for like seven months, bro. So... I just, I, I, it's hard, man. Like, like I said, it's so hard to, I call myself dumb every day and then Sarah will call me stupid and then I'll call her stupid back. But you know, I, I just find that so hard when it happens so goddamn often. You've sold me on the idea. So <laughs> I feel like that's a, oh, go ahead. High five. High so, five. <laughs> oh, my hands are so sweaty. There, there you go. <laughs> I'll do like a half one. Um, so Sarah just can touched I just me say, on the show. Real, yeah, can I just say I think that is the first time in history of ever that you have gotten someone to go, Nope, I changed my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no one's ever Wait, just me? like well, I changed a lot no, of No, no, not, not not you, but I'm just saying <laughs> oh, like Sarah. openly on a platform where everyone talks, like if you want to relate it to like politics, you know how like you argue politics on Facebook. No one's ever gonna be like, Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I I like Trump now or I like Biden now. No one's ever gonna do that. But that just happened right now where you're like, no, nope, I changed my mind. <laughs> well, I feel like, okay, you might disagree, but I'm I'm not that stubborn of a person. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. That is the worst. Dude, she came in this morning and at breakfast was fucking being annoying. And I literally turned to Joe and I go, do you see what I deal with now? And he just shakes his head and goes back to eating his eggs. Like, no, yeah, but, it's okay. a fucking lie, Sarah. How are you no. going to lie to these people? Because you've said things and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I think that we should do it that way. Like, I'm not that stubborn where I'm like, I have to be right. I'll give you I'll give you that. There are times where like, like, for example, when we wanted to drop episodes nine and ten with Scott at the same time, she was like, no, I don't like that. And I'm like, I think it's going to be good because of this, this and this. And she was just like, OK, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, what I mean, sidebar. How nice is Scott's voice? Oh, dude, dude. I was creaming my pants. <laughs> dude. Every time we're anywhere, like he talked about being a campfire guitarist. We'll, we'll just be hanging out and he's like, I'm drunk. And I'm like. Here's a guitar. Here's a guitar. <laughs> and he's like, I, I'm, I'm too wasted, Mike. I don't want to play. I'm too wasted, Mike. I don't want to play anything. And I'm like, but you're you're beautiful and you sound great. And can you play for us? And he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, it's in your hand now. And I'll like hit the strings so people look at the guitar in his hands making a noise. And they're like, oh, Scott's playing? He's like, I guess I'm playing now. In this really nice voice. And he sings to us. It's the best. So, okay, so friends. can I go on with what I was saying? Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Like, I'm not really talking in this episode, but when Neither I do, it's I. important. Uh, okay. That's so, not conceded. <laughs> so in episode six, where we talk about religion, I say, I, kind of like he said about being naive, I say, like, I would be naive to think some, like, some God thinks I'm so important that he would like say like there's such there's a huge universe there's obviously other life out there and then we have animals and this and that so like why are humans so fucking important that we're gonna go to heaven or hell or you know Mm -hmm. so i agree that it would be very naive of me to think that then things are happening to me for a reason other than just coincidence or life you know if i think that about god then i have to think that about people this yeah this situation too so yeah i agree with you i yeah i i like i said i want to i want to so bad because i think it's a very um i think it's a very important topic i, I actually i don't even want to say it's a topic it's more of a statement because how, i mean seriously how many fucking times do you hear people say like oh it happened for a reason happened for a reason i mean i'm guilty of saying it 20 billion fucking yeah. times and mike i don't know i'm i'm speechless like i don't i, I steam want- every time 
You my, steam every time you every hear that. Time do you call like, someone out? Do you, you definitely. Uh, for the most part, I don't because it's just impolite. It's not going to like add benefit. Like if someone had a good experience and they want to add an association that's divine to it, have a good time. Like not everyone is trying to break everything down all the time. And I think that's really important. Like everyone wants to have big arguments all the time on Facebook. At the end of the day, I want to just have friends and have a good time. And I love everyone and their belief system. You can believe in whatever you want. If you're going to be kind to me, it's going to be a great time. Like, that's that. We don't need to argue about it. But if you want to break down and ask about what's going on in my head and how I feel about things, yeah, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> so going back to, like, the happening for a reason. So, like, my mom always is like, you know, you were a drug addict for a reason. You, I guess, got herpes for a reason. Whatever. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Doesn't everyone have herpes, by the way? Like, I feel like 90% of the population does. No, you don't feel it like. Really like I Googled like 80, it. Like, it's everyone 80%. has herpes. Yeah. Um, so uh, she always says that, but I feel like I could have chosen to keep going down the rabbit hole if I wanted to. So then, but I'm choosing to have it, you know, by having this platform and talking about it and like breaking the stigma. I'm ch- I'm making that choice to have it happen for, you know. These are all the hottest words. A girl just being like, I chose and I'm choosing and like that's. Well, agency. every day I agency choose Agency is the or, best. Yeah, I either choose happiness You're or I choose dictating to be this miserable. Ride. Yeah. So why let anyone have that effect or that power over me? Like, just because, I, you know, I was raped um, a couple years ago, uh, taken into a car, you know, that happened. Yeah. But I can choose to give that man power over my emotions today, or I can choose to move the fuck on. Which did you choose? No, we all know which one you choose. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you take the thing. lessons from it, like. Well, I mean, I don't feel like there was any really lesson, like it fucking happened and it is what it is, but I'm That's not. That's not true. I know the story. That's not true. There's lessons to be that you've learned a lesson. Well, Whether I've you learned wanna... who to well, trust. Well, but she's and... deciding there's something to take from it yeah. or not. Yeah. I mean, I so basically, my friend, quote unquote, I was at a party with her and I was pretty hammered, and she got annoyed. So she's like, this guy drove by, and he's like, oh, I can take her home, and I was like, pretty much blacked out, and she stuffed me in the car. And then what the fuck? And then he drove somewhere, and like great all, friend, huge and then. Bush. Like, he choked me down and raped me. So, that's what happened. So, I'm like, okay, well, now I know not to have people like that in my life. And not to get, you know. So, I don't know. So, yeah, you learned you learned. I mean, lesson. I learned something, but it doesn't mean that it happens for a reason. And I'm not going to, like, dwell on it, I guess. No, no, yeah. I'm not saying you did or, or, or do, you know. Yeah. But- I've only cried twice over it. Once was to you. It was. And I was like, I was, because I don't think about it. Was actually it. the second time we ever hung out. Yeah, because I don't think about that situation in my life. It's just something I'm like, ah, it happens. Like, it's in the past. I don't want to, you know, think about it every day and have it affect me. Um, But we were talking about someone else who this happened to. Yes. And I don't know. Like, I had a fucking panic attack. And I was like, I got to go. I got to go upstairs. Yeah, and I just sat there. I think I had a couple drinks. And I was just like, what the fuck no, did you I just you do? you weren't drinking at the time. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then I came back down and I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, she literally came back. Totally normal. Like, we're sitting there having this conversation. We're talking about someone else that this had had happened to. And, you know, it started to get heavy or whatever. And then all of a sudden I saw, like, the, the straw in her face just, like, come over. I'm like, okay, we need to pull out of this topic. But it was. It's it in. Yeah. It was in. And you then all of a sudden. 
she I like start, had a panic attack. She started breathe. bawling. She was like, I, I gotta go. And I'm like sitting there. It was late as fuck at night yeah. at my parents' house. And I remember just being like, Oh, what do I do? It's like that meme. I think I brought it up before in another one where it's like the friend with the stick while they're crying and they're just like poking, like, Are you okay? Like, I don't know what to do. You I know was what gone I mean? for five seconds. She I went go, upstairs. She goes upstairs. Down. Two minutes later, she comes down. And she's like, Hey, what's up? Like, nothing <laughs> I was happened. Like, I'm sorry like, Sorry about that. I'm good. And then I'm like, Who is this psychopath I'm about to do a podcast with? Dude, you know what I mean? But legend. Like, what a move. Well, because I'm like, okay, yes. I, so I went upstairs. I was literally up there for less than two minutes. Mm. And I'm just like, why am I letting this affect me? Someone else's story. Like, I'm choosing to let this affect me. But it doesn't have to. I wish to. you guys could see Mike throwing his hands up in the air right now. Yeah. This is just the greatest stuff to hear. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, like I said, you choose your happiness every day. You choose how you're going to live your life. You choose what emotions you have or don't have. So choose wisely. We only have one fucking life. My Don't da- waste a moment on my, anybody. My dad, or as Mike would like to call him, Lord Ashton. Lord Ashton. <laughs> um, Lord Ashton um, used to, or tells me all the time, and it's very important, and I've been trying to stick to this as much as I possibly can, is no one else is responsible for your happiness besides you. And you. no one else it controls your emotions. Only you control your emotions. Massive. Massive. I didn't know Lord Ashton was a Zen master. You didn't know that after last night drinking that a fucking twenty year old whiskey with him till two thirty in the morning. He drank that whole bottle. Mike, you both drank the whole bottle, and I would say you had a majority of it. My dad was like trying to go to bed, and Mike just like yeah here, and just takes the the whiskey and just kept filling my dad's glass. Dude, his... my dad actually had to pull the the glass away. He went to go fill it. He had to pull the glass away, and he's just like. No, like fucking stop. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll just pour the rest of my class then and finish it off. But going off of that, like if you're going into a relationship and you're not happy with yourself and all of that, and I've said this before, you can't say, well, you're not making me happy or you're not, you're stressing me out. They can't control, like they can't make you stressed out. You're choosing to be stressed out. Mm -hmm, 100%. Yeah, you're choosing to let what they're doing. I feel like we could go on for another hour, which is okay if you want to, about relationships and Mike O'Malley. Because Can Mike I O'Malley has a like... very unconventional views on relationships, which are great, but <laughs> he shakes his head. But I mean, just, I, uh, I fly right past things. Um, one of the massive things about the things happen for a reason thing and the, and the God thing that really hit home for me when you were talking about like what brought this person in front of you right here. Yeah, meaning you. Yeah, the things that brought me here were me. And I think it's important that you give yourself the credit. And one of the things that really hurt in my childhood was having that strong belief that there was a plan and all of it being terrible. Like, you've heard a fraction of the terrible. There's just been so many things that I thought that God wanted me to have those things. And if you think of it, like I overanalyze things, I thought there was a magical man in the sky with all the wisdom and power who was like, fuck that kid. <laughs> like yeah. that sucks mm-hmm. when you're that kid. And I don't want other people to feel that way. I want people to know that things happen for a reason and the reasons suck and the reasons aren't overly planned by magic or the cosmos. It The reasons are someone did a shitty fucking thing to you, your friend and that guy and that's the reason. And it's garbage and it's not a big magical reason. It's not a life lesson. It's an unfortunate situation that you need to protect yourself from moving forward. I'm not putting this on you at all. I'm just saying, like, you can make a lesson out of it, but a shitty thing happened for no good reason. Like, you didn't deserve that. I hate the word deserve. When people are like, 
oh, he got a raise. He really deserved it. Maybe at work, like, you earned it. Mm-hmm. You earned it. You don't deserve it. You deserve nothing. Like, nothing is deserved. I think, like, when good deserve things happen. Deserve is not in Mike O'Malley's ca- uh, no. vocabulary. Word's nonsense. Because when bad things happen, like, because people only say it about good stuff. They're like, oh, he he got that raise. He deserved it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, deserve, deserve. That guy is worthy of that thing. But when terrible things happen, no one's like, yeah, yeah, they deserve to die. Yeah, it's good he had that stroke. He deserved it. Yeah. He wasn't good enough to his health. And you have to look at both sides of terms like that. Like, you can't just use them when they're useful to you. It was like what I said to Sarah earlier, where she's like, oh, is it like big events in my life? It's like, well, no, you can't cherry pick the events exactly. of your life. Exactly. You can't cherry pick and be like, oh, well, that happened for a reason. It's like, oh, because it was a good outcome? Like, what about the ones that negative outcome? Like you said, like getting pulled over and getting a ticket. Like, that's a negative outcome. So, you know, did that happen for a reason? You and, can't you can't pick and choose which one. And something that's huge to me could be small to someone else. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, that's one thing I was actually talking about to someone the other day where, you know, although I do think it's a shit. And- oh, wait, that wasn't a dick joke? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, that was a dick joke. <laughs> Fuck, Mike O'Malley's humor yeah. is superior. I was waiting for your laugh and you were talking serious. I was like, oh, wait, fuck, you guys missed that. <laughs> yeah, th- fuck. We're still doing this for fun, right? <laughs> Are our sponsors going to pull? <laughs> but so, yeah, so basically um, I do think it's a shit response be- to someone who comes to you, like who needs help. Um, and the response is that, uh, you know, what I'm trying to get to here because I suck at talking um, is – well, there's always someone in a worse situation. Mm. And that's true. And I do believe that. And I think it, as long as you go into that conversation at, with a foundation of knowing that your situation does suck, but it's pro- there's there's worse out there, that's fine. And it doesn't need to be said. But sometimes it does need to be said to people because there's people who come in and complain to me and they have everything in the world, this and the other thing. And, that's, and they'll complain, oh, I stubbed my fucking toe. And you're just like, all right, dude. I understand you stubbed your toe, but there's people who don't have toes or feet or anything. Mm. You know what I mean? There's other people who don't have anything. You, you know? said that before? Yeah, No, not exactly that, but I should. That's such a good line. <laughs> there's people who don't have toes and they're like, they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, he's right. But you know what I mean? So, But I do think if someone's coming to you with uh, something very powerful that is very emotional, like, I mean, Mike, if you came to me in your formative, uh, formative years of – you know, everything that was going on and you're like, dude, this shit is happening to me. I wouldn't have to tell you like, well, Mike, yes, you are living under a fucking bridge at 17 years old, but there's probably someone out there who's living under a bridge in Michigan where it's fucking negative 12 degrees. You already knew that. I love that you had to like stop and think of something worse. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but like, you know what I mean? Some where people like, don't even have bridges. Yeah. Some people, <laughs> they live in the fucking desert. They're under a bench. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't have to tell you that though, because you understand that. And I think that people, if you go to someone with an issue and people who use that as their one, their forefront of, of their argument or their forefront of their way, it is the most immature and bullshit way to help someone through an issue. I'm not going to deny that, but it does need to be a foundation of understanding that before that conversation even happens or in somewhere in that conversation, you need to understand that it doesn't matter. Like, I said it in uh, episode three, you know, when I was talking about like my cancer journey, my cancer journey was a fucking joke. It was a joke to me. Yeah, it was a joke to my mom and to my dad and to my sister. I'm sure it was not a fucking joke. They were very, very scared and whatnot. To me, it was a joke because I see other people like a friend of mine um, who passed away. She suffered from um, 
cancer since she was like 17 years old. She passed away when she was like 25, 26. She, she suffered all those years. That girl is a badass motherfucker. And I say is. She is not. She's no longer with us, but she still is. It doesn't matter. That is a badass motherfucker. I'm not as badass as her. She is 10 times stronger than I ever will be. But I don't need to be told that. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that. My parents and stuff, they may not understand it. Or they do. But it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't resonate with them as, as it does with me. And I just wanted to put that out there and say that that is a shit argument. And if you do have friends yeah. that start off their argument and that is their only – or not argument. But if that is their only way of helping you by just telling you that someone has it, they're shit friends and fuck them. Those are the people you don't want to talk to. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying they're totally shit friends. Maybe but those they're are hilarious. The, yeah, maybe they're funny. <laughs> they're Mike, Mike O'Malley, whatever. But um, but those are – I just want to say that they're not shit friends. You know, you can still keep them in your circle. But you need to learn very quickly if you're going to someone with issues that – and that is their one – their first defense and their only defense to helping you. Or not defense. Um, what would it be? Like a, a tactic yeah. in, in helping you. You need to stop going to that person for help because oh, you'll, sure. never, you'll yeah, never find Yeah, you got to find constructive support systems. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And not every friend needs to be a part of your support system. Like, I don't need Joe to help me with this stuff. Correct. Correct. You know, I love Joe. Joe's awesome. Yeah. If I have trouble in my life, not like, hey, Joe, here's my problem. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely people who I talk to about certain things like, yeah. that I talk to. Like, I don't you talk and about. Scott talk completely different than I talk to either of you. Yes. And both of you know if you talk to me the way you talk to each other, I'm just going to stare at you and go, no. Yes. I don't care. Like, this is not for me. Call Scott. Like, <laughs> so here's, you have his number, right? <laughs> I'm the worst with friends who come to complain with me or complain to me. Like, I am not that supportive friend that's just going to, like, sit there and listen. I'm like, okay, let's stop sitting in the problem. Let's fucking find a solution. Like, I'm oh, very. Shoot. That is massive. Some people may, I'm sorry to, like, cut into this, but some people want to just talk about their problem to you and some want a solution and that's up to you to figure out whether they need a solution or not right but it like you're like me in everything you've said you're like i fixed this problem i chose this stuff and when people give you a problem you're like i'm gonna help you fix it and then when they don't you're like i hate you you're not listening to me right is that like yeah so like the worst so i will straight up tell someone if i don't have the energy to take in like issues that are going on in their life and whatnot i'll sit there i'll straight up say like hey i'm not in a place and you'll probably not like what i have to say so i highly encourage you to like find someone else to talk to love you but like either i'm not in the mental space or the emotional space or i just will get frustrated with what you're saying so i mean mean, that is not i mean that's cool of you it's kind of very uh like what i called you a the other night uh, on Thursday, I literally called Sarah when I after I found out my friend Sean had passed away. After two days after I found out that my other best friend had a fucking stroke, um, I literally called Sarah and she was like, "I'm at work. I'll call you in ten minutes. I'm I'm off." I'm like, "All right, fine." And I called her. She's like, "What's up?" She thought it had something to do with the podcast. I said, "Listen, I'm going to apologize right now. That if you talk to me and I either don't answer or I'm a dickhead or I'm off, it is because these two things just happened and I'm a little fucked up right now." And she's like. Thanks for letting me know. And the That's conversation ended right now, right there, yeah. right then and there. And you're saying that you do that with your friends. If you're not in a, in a state of mind where you're ready to help, you just be like, yo, dude, I would love to help you, but it's just not today. 
Yeah. Or even last week, you and I got into a little argument, and then Mike saw it in a Facebook message. But I, I straight, I told you. Oh yeah, you, she's the fucking worst. Yeah, but keep going. So <laughs> you said call me after work, and like I was just not in an emotional space to like talk to you, so I didn't call you. And I told you I was like, oh, okay, like I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm. And you got frustrated, but I know myself, and I know. Well, when... I didn't get frustrated. I made a joke, and okay. you got frustrated because you don't like text messages. Suck. I fucking hate. Them, it's, yeah, but like, definitely I, not my fault or your fault, but yeah. Whatever, I took it wrong. Uh, so, um... Is that a dick joke? <laughs> is, is that it? I took it wrong. But I know myself... Don't re-say the joke, man. <laughs> like, you're killing my set here. <laughs> you're <What>? killing my <laughs> set. People have to stop and go, wait, what's the dick Oh, she... Ah, <laughs> you're taking the old thinker out. But when I was younger, I would have just been a people pleaser and been like, okay, like I'll call you. But I wouldn't have listened to a word you said. I would have probably been either a bitch or just hyper emotional or something. And so I know myself to be like, no, I'm not going to put myself in that situation right now. I'll call you when I'm in a great mindset and I can actually give you my attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so stoked on you right now. Yeah. Like that's such a big move to like know your boundaries, what you're capable of, how you can help and want to implement it. And I'm going to be honest, like the majority of our like in like knowing each other has been via the Internet and the podcast and stuff. And a lot of stuff has been about your experience and like has seemed subjective, like it's coming at you and you not being an active participant. And like everything you've said is just badass shit. And yeah. I think it's like super important, like especially for the group that we're all a part of, like irregulars, yeah, irregulars. <laughs> Like, I think it's super important that those people hear that from you, like that you need to define your boundaries on things. There's so many times that people ask for advice on that page. And I'm like, how do you feel about the situation? You're just asking random people for advice. Like, you need to make your boundaries about it and figure out how you want to experience what's going on. So I know I always joke about my boyfriend and I breaking up all the time. And like half the time I'm... totally joking half the time i'm completely serious but the other night when i kicked him out serious when i kicked him out it was because he was a fucking nightmare drunk as fuck like being mean and i was very calm i was just like your energy is not something i need right now you talking to me like that is not something i need and so you are not allowed in my house i'm like i love you but that's not something that i'm going to deal with Sarah just whipped her fat cock out and <laughs> sucked this thing. But that's just... And she peed on him. <laughs> like, that's... We same. haven't gotten there yet, Mike. <laughs> same thing, like, we talked about in episode two. Like, I don't owe you my attention. I don't owe you a date. I don't owe you anything. Um, So I'm just going to take myself out of the equation or I'm just not going to respond to you. Oof, I just got to make myself happy. I agree. So selfish, yeah. people will say. Like, people are like, you're so selfish, but... Am I? Or am I just smart? You deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually have to ask Mike because Mike is the only married person in this room. At this point, as quickly as you can. Not that you can go off as long as you want. I don't actually care. Tangent time. But um, as quickly as you can, do you think you owe your wife? Like you, how she says, she's like, I don't owe you anything to her boyfriend. Do you think you owe your wife because you've made that commitment to her? And I don't mean to push you in the corner to get you no. in the doghouse. No, no. <laughs> there is no doghouse. Like, that's the coolest thing about my relationship. I fundamentally disagree with marriage 100%. It's like you buy a woman from their father. Like, I know people de- – <laughs> no, dude, dead ass. Like, so this is, again, like my outside of society. I looked at it and go, you do what? 
Mm-hmm. Well, like asking for permission and shit. Like, what the fuck I didn't is ask that? fucking nobody. Like, <laughs> we went and got married. But um, that's my best friend. Um, I owe her whatever I can do to keep her happy that isn't making me unhappy. Like, we're both like the authors of our stories. We want to write a story together, which is the best way to explain our marriage. Is that's my best friend. I don't want to have life experiences that I can't tell her about that aren't like for like that's who I want to share this adventure with. That's who's watching this movie to me. Like, you guys are characters in this movie. She is watching the story that I'm going through, unra- like, unraveling. She's watched the whole thing, beginning and whole season. You guys are episodes in my life. Like, you guys missed the beginning, obviously. You just got here, but without your popcorn. Yeah. Friend-wise, like, and in terms of my whole life, we may not be friends forever. Like, this may be a thing that we did. I don't know. Maybe we get in some fight or something. I don't know. Maybe Sarah kicks us out. I have to sleep outside. Which sounds fine. <laughs> You've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the closest bridge? <laughs> yeah, it'd be just fine. But um, no, I don't feel like I owe her things. I think that we have a good relationship where we know how to get from each other what we want. And I know that sounds like sadistic. Like we make each other give each other. Yeah, like, like manipulative. You're like, no. I think no. you should intentionally manipulate people to get what you want from them as long as they're aware of it and you're not being like subvertive or like tricking people like i'm a super simple malicious creature. about it yeah dude like if there's nights that i was like i'm going out with the boys thursday like when we were young like we weren't we were like dating but we weren't um married of course and i was like i'm going out with the boys thursday we're gonna send it and she'd show up at my house on like after class or whatever and be like hey you like want to hang out in pregame and like bring over beers and we'd bang and i was like i don't even want to go out with the boys and i was like <laughs> You tricked me into this. Like you did this intentionally. She's like, "Yeah, I knew you'd want to drink and bang me instead of go out and all." I was like, "God damn!" Oh, you got me. Yeah, she's way smarter than me. Yeah, bamboozle is my favorite word. (laughs) But yeah, no, um, I don't think you owe things to people. But I think if you can, you know, get what you want from that person and give that person what they want, you should do your best to. You know, like why not? Mm -hmm. If it exceeds your happiness, like I, I get super upset about like the music thing you and Scott were talking about. Mm When you guys were like, your significant other doesn't have to like your music. Me and Joe went on a whole thing in the car. I like wish we would mic Joe up. I I think they should. I actually had a, a long talk about we that. We had a massive Not conversation like it, about but it. appreciate it. They need to study it like it's their goddamn job if they care about you. And cool. I've, dude, I have sat through girlfriends that are terrible at dancing and their, their performances and been like, I, I love this. Like, nice turnout. Like, great foot placement. Because I care about that person, and she cares about that thing, and I want to know more about this person, I have to study your thing. And that's just me showing how much I care about the – if you don't care about the person, if that's your, like, side piece and you guys just like the bang and hang kind of thing, that's cool. But if you really want to, like I said, like, author a story with someone, be a part of the whole thing, you need to understand that person, their motivations, their drives, and, like, what resonates with them. And I don't expect anyone I hang out with to listen to The Architects. Or other heavy music at all. I don't play it around anyone. When people say, what music do you like? I'm like, I'm not a music guy. Like, I just lie to their faces because I don't even want to get into it. That's all that I love. Like, I need concerts, but that's not all that I love. I love lots of stuff. But it's a massive influence on my life is music and that community. But I don't want anyone to have to be a part of it. But people that are close to me are like, hey, like, what what do you like about the music that you listen to? And I'm like, if you want to know the stories that make me care about specifically the architects like joe had to hear the whole monologue of the travels that i've gone on to like see them and hang with them and all that and i honestly don't even think i would like that music that much if i didn't have that life story to go along with it with it like it's that association it's that connection it's that pattern it's that everything happens for a reason shows getting canceled me being randomly in europe 
kind of stuff. Those are associations that I created to give value to my story, but those stories don't mean anything to anyone else. And other people that turn on the architects are like, why is this guy so mad? And I was like, so he was he was passing away from cancer and he's our age and has a similar outlook on existence. And this was him literally parting with the world and he wrote this to say goodbye and come to terms with his passing away. And then people were like, oh my God, this song's incredible. And like when you were telling Joe, you, you're like, listen to this song. And he's like, I don't care. It's because he hasn't made the connection you have. Mm. If you don't sit with someone, like, stare into their eyes and be like, this is why it matters so much, and then give them the content, they're not going to care. So you're saying that you need them to, like, your significant other to appreciate or thoroughly enjoy the music or, you know, whatever you're interested in. You understand it. Not appreciate. They need to understand. They need to understand why I love it. Like, Ashley doesn't need to fight ever, but to to come to a fight uh, or jiu-jitsu or anything to see – or to rugby, like, to see me – do what I love and to see the passion in me and how well I do that thing because of the time I put in is so key. Like you have to go to that girl's dance, even if she's terrible at it. But then you, do you have to enjoy it or do you just have to be there to support it? Is what I'm asking. I don't know I how you could I, possibly care about a person and their massive passion without enjoying that. Like seeing them grow in something like, yeah, are you dead like inside? Hand, like, yeah, it goes hand in hand. No, so you I don't know. have to love hardcore music. Like Ashley does like and she was into punk she wasn't initially but she grew into it because of the experiences of going to shows and making the same connections but no like i've i've dated people that didn't like my music and that was fine but they were like mike is a beautiful happy creature amongst his own at those shows and i had girlfriends that were into reggae that just wanted to be in the back rows of the show just watching me go into the pit and grab my friends and sing the songs and jump and chant and it's like so tribal like yeah i mean okay so for me i don't I'll just say with like peeing on me. Okay, so oh, I, I there it is. I thoroughly enjoy being peed on. I feel like it's like marking your territory, whatever. I'm not like a major feminist, you know. So I enjoy being peed on. But if it's empowering, my, sorry. Yeah, my significant other doesn't need to be like, I'm getting so turned on by peeing on you. Although my current one does, but they don't have to be like that. They can just be like, you know what? I know that this makes you happy, so. I will do it and I'll support it, but I don't need to be like have be on the same wavelength of enjoying it. If that makes sense, we need to set a boundary right now. <laughs> I hear you. Tonight, after our top secret adventure that we're going on, yes, which we will. Discuss. I know I'm gonna be sauced with pops with Lord Ashton again. <laughs> if I try and like pee on your shoe, are you gonna like fight me? Are you gonna like <laughs> make eyebrows at me? Like. I'm going to be like, hey, Sarah, come outside with me. And then I'm just going to try and be on you. <laughs> How's this going to go? Or are we just going to find out later? We're just going to find out later. Oh, this is great. I'm going to think... get thrown out of Lord Ashton's house. Tonight. <laughs> I think on that note, um, I think we end today. I with think... me. Can I quick recap and comment some stances? Well, well, actually, this is what I wanted to say, actually, with you, Mike, is give a one-minute closing – closing, um, closing thoughts on what you think was want either the most powerful thing that we discussed today or something that you want to drive to out all of our listeners. Like something that they'll take away from For you. anyone yes. who stayed yes, for the away. entire podcast and ramble, uh, the things I think are really important was that I've had some misfortunes in my life. And at one point I decided that those misfortunes were a thing that happened for no reason and of no significance. And they did not define me. And it was my job to do better and make a life for myself. And that's, Everything that I've created then has been because I decided I was going to make stuff happen. Yeah, that was a massive thing. And the deserving thing. Like, don't ever feel like you deserve what you're getting from life. 
whether it's good or bad, like don't feel like you deserve that or you're entitled to it or like you deserve the bad things. Like you need to understand like the I'm sorry I'm saying like so much. The girl who passed away who was a badass and a legend. Yeah. She didn't deserve that. There's no good reason. I don't want to hear it from anyone. There's no good reason that she's not here and you are. Yeah. That's what you were trying to say. I agree. That's what yeah. you said. I would have traded my life and we weren't even that great of friends. I would have traded my life for hers any day of the week because And I don't think it's magical that you're here and she's not. I think it just happened and we have to take the terrifying reality of life, stick together, love everyone as much as you can, and work forward from that. Like you don't have time to make up connections about things and we just gotta work and get forward on it. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like the worst thing in my mind is imagining like someone who's got a terrible life thinking that this is what they're supposed to have. That rips me in half. Mm-hmm. Like someone may have nothing going on good and just think, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. This is for me. God picked this. I deserve this. Like I don't care what you've done wrong. Go get good. Go get better. Go do positive things. Feel good. Go get what you want out of life. Like barring hurting anyone, like go do positive things. Do what you want. Life is so short, and then it's over. And we kind of have to, like, just come to terms with that while we're here as quickly as possible. I fucking love it. I love it. I love that for you. And you. Yeah, and you. You're getting it, Sarah. I love that for everyone in this room. So You're so... I do. I uh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're the one who said it. <laughs> and then you were like, I love that for you. I love that for he myself. He agreed, and, and you're like, fuck him. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, guys, um, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, give us five-star ratings, leave the one-star shit at home, unsubscribe, resubscribe. I don't give Download. a shit. Download. all that stuff. Uh, make sure to join the Facebook group. Follow our Instagram page, Irregular Podcast. And then you can follow mine uh, personal as well, which is at YoBob, E-Y-O-O-O underscore B-O-B. Uh, my Instagram is at Sarah J-B, S-A-R-A-H-J-A-I-B-E-E. Do you want to drop yours? My Instagram is yeah. O'Malley, O M A L L E Y M S O. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's a website too. If you want to see my photography portfolio, there you go. Plug everything you want. I don't give a shit. I hope no one looks at my portfolio. <laughs> Just DM um, me stuff. And feel free to uh, shoot us an email with any questions, stories, um, topics that you might want us to cover. Irregular podcast one at gmail.com and that is the number one love y'all